Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Awakened Soul Podcast. I'm your host, CEO Hayes, and if this is your first time listening to the podcast, make sure you go ahead and follow us at Awakened Soul Pod or at the Awakened Soul Pod, just depending on what platform you're looking for us at. You can also follow me personally at CEO Hayes, that's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E, if you want, if you choose to do so. Uh, we got a great show planned for you guys. This, this week is actually going to be, I don't even know how to really categorize this. I would know we say it's going to be a little different. It's going to be... Uh, whatever but i think with this episode is going to be one of the more personal ones for me uh the episode that you should see the title if you already started it but if you haven't the title of this episode is the fall but the title of the discussion topic is the fall to grace not from grace the fall to grace and we'll get into explaining what exactly that means when we get into that discussion topic i don't want to tease it too much because i want to really be engulfed in that conversation when we get to that point we do have another cookie chronicles uh, this week from Tia, aka the First Lady, um, and we also got the end of my Hayes segment where we jump into my dark and twisted, crazy ass mind. Before we get into any of that, though, I do want to announce for those who knew and follow me and have seen before, uh, I filmed a comedy show, um, uh, the Way Too Funny comedy show, and uh, I said before that it was going to be a monthly thing going forward now for me, a monthly job. I work, get to work on my directing skills, get to work on a lot of my videography. Um, and this month's one or next month, I should say, October's is going to go down October 24th. Uh, it's going to be a costume party slash comedy uh, event. So make sure you check that out. If you're interested in it, hit me up. I can get you the details if you find yourself. If you want to come through to Columbus, Ohio, and for anyone who hears that and says Ohio, make sure you check out Columbus, 13th largest city, I think, in the country. We got a lot of dope stuff going on here here in Columbus. And this is coming from somebody who's lived all over the world. So I'm not uh, from here, but I love Columbus. Uh, they, everyone who knows me, who's been listening to this knows how Columbus has really taken my heart and my soul. Um, but yeah, so that, that's it. That's enough preferencing. I just wanted to get all those details out before we jump into the show. So we're going to go ahead, take a break, get into our intro. And then on the other side of that, we're going to be jumping into my dark and twisted, crazy ass mind during the end of mine. Hey, segment. I'll see you guys there. The following is a breaks media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, where am I dark and twisted, crazy ass mind? Um, this week, we're just going to be talking about the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and not a whole lot. We're not going to get into detail um, a whole lot on like the circumstances, because I think most of us would know, but if not, go ahead and research. Uh, do, do your uh, research on her life. Uh, a great woman who really loved uh, the country. Um, she was uh, installed as the Supreme Court Justice in 1993. Um, I think it was Bill Clinton who actually appointed her, um, or who was president when she was appointed. Um, but this is naturally for the people who follow politics has gone into like, how is this going to affect, uh, the presidential run if any way? And it absolutely is. I think this is going to be, um, it's going to impact it in the sense that people who were, are tired of Trump are definitely going to, you know, come out maybe with a little more, uh, fervor or be just being more passionate about it. But I think the key weight thing that this is going to impact and you know even though we don't like to talk about it especially in the culture because we just like to focus on getting them out is that if trump is reelected, it's going to definitely impact the politics and stuff that way even more because she was one of the biggest people who opposed trump she was one of the biggest people who uh i wouldn't say stood in his way but that made sure a lot of things that could have happened didn't happen and a lot of things that maybe not have happened happened um, and I think her not being there, especially dependent, dependent upon who replaces her, um, it could really, really impact just the way that things move um, through, through the political spectrum here uh, with her not being there to kind of uh, be, you know, combating a lot of it. And I think 
you know, I think it was Dan, uh, and I know Dan gets mentioned on like once on each podcast, but I think it was him that said that this was like a like a, a big hit to America, R.I.P. America. I can't remember exactly how he worded it, but it really is. And it got me to thinking with this is that I get it like a lot of what I do here and I don't want I'm not calling anyone to carpet. So if you if you feel offended by this, it's not about you, I promise, uh, unless it is. And then you can do what with it what you will. But a lot of us, we talk a lot about mental health. We talk a lot about how, uh, you know, things in the culture, uh, men's health, um, improving the way that we treat our women, uh, racism, uh, sexism, LBGTQ rights, all of that. We talk about all of that, right? And we like to use our platforms for those who do use our platforms for it to call it out. But this, the thing that this got me to thinking really is the fact that how many people want to help the culture, but have no political voice at all, are afraid to talk about politics, who don't really know a lot about politics, and the thing is, is that I truly believe this, even and not saying that people don't mean well, not saying that people can't help by doing those things. But if you have no political voice, you really are only getting half of the picture. If you have no political know how, you're only doing so much of it. And I've always said on this platform and I always use that fact that our culture historically really has not. Or maybe it's just my generation. Maybe I shouldn't just put it all in the culture. Maybe it's generational. Don't really take politics very seriously. Like we co- when it comes time to election, we vote a lot of times, unfortunately, just blindly Democrat, um, which let me not say unfortunately, because, you know, I, I, I get that. But I think if you don't really have any say, any no about the goings on in the political world, then you can only help so much because so much of what happens and the way we've been treated and the shit that we've had to deal with is rooted in the systemic racism in this country, which is then backed and has been rooted in politics. So I'm not saying we all need to be constantly talking politics all day, every day, as as much as we talk about mental health. I'm not saying that. But if you only pop up and you only have something to say every four years when there's an election, that's a problem. Or if you don't even really know politics, but you want to help the culture, you want to impact the culture, but you don't know anything about it, you can only help so much. We have to start taking this more seriously. We want more black politicians. How are we going to get that if we don't pay attention to what we have going on in our culture? And that's it. That's really this just on my mind. It's not a lot, not a super long in the minor hay segment, but overall, I just I just want because the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg is a huge hit. It is. I'm not going to not going to act like it's not. And I would hope that, you know, maybe that wakes some people up. But it's also saddening because while this is a huge hit, some people will never know how huge of a hit it is because they don't have any type of political voice at all. And this isn't a political podcast. Always, I've been saying, you know, as we get closer to the election, I'll be talking about politics a little bit more. We've historically come in and out of politics, but I never want to make this this podcast just political. But when I tell you everything, everything you watch, everything you consume, every news outlet has uh, has a, a air of pol- politics to it. It does. It, it affects every aspect of every of our way of living. Really, when you think about it, now some of it more high level, some more lower level. I have said before that our local elections affect your well, everyone's local elections affect the way that they live their day-to-day life more than just the the presidential elections. That's why you need to pay attention to, to not just every four years. But again, not trying to preach, not trying to do anything. I'm, I'm just I wanted to use I wanted to carry forth, you know, the conversation and the impact of Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying and just use that to talk about the fact of we need to wake up politically. And, you know, I hope more people talk about it. I hope more people take politics seriously. And again, you don't have to flood your platform with it. That's not what I'm calling for. Uh, at all i would never tell anybody what to use the platform for because i wouldn't want anybody to tell me what to use it for use mine for but ultimately just have a political voice whether you you talk about that on your platform or not but have it have the have some uh knowledge about it like we we can't keep sitting by idly thinking that things are going to magically change if we're not paying attention to the things like the one thing the the way the reason the system has gotten the way that it has is because our counterparts have understood how politics have how they affect and the power that they hold if we don't acknowledge that as well and teach that and make that become part of our conversations just like we do with cardi b and offset getting divorced then it's going to be an issue it's the, the issues that we face aren't going to go anywhere they're not so you know it's super uh, super serious uh in the minor hay segment um but i think that it was one that was that was needed uh, and you know, hopefully you guys appreciate it and hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, I, I, I don't know. People have said before that they, that they want me to talk more politics and I, you know, I, I really, I leave that to the people who that's their dedicated platform, but 
I talk about it enough. I talk about it as as I see fit. And, I, you know, just because I don't talk about it all, always on The Awakened Soul does not mean that those conversations aren't happening on my other platforms. So make sure you uh, follow those. Check that out. Uh, let me know how you feel about it. Let me know how you feel about the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, and the the options to replace her. I don't think that I mean, it, this only happened a couple of days ago. Um, so we really haven't gotten too much uh, speculation on it yet, at least not from what I've read. But be prepared. This is going to become a big part, especially as we're uh, leading into um, the, the the presidential election. So. Uh, that's it. That's my thoughts on that. We're going to go ahead. We're going to get into a break, lighten up the mood. We're going to come back uh, after the after a brief break and a commercial. We're going to go into the Cookie Chronicles from Tia, and I'll catch you guys on the other side of that. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Ludric Rell C. Cooper, author of the new book, Deserving Mercy. This is the Deserving Mercy podcast. Deserving Mercy originally started out as a short film. I then wrote the book. And now I'm here hosting the podcast. It's a story of a young black college male student who attends a fictional HBCU. That's historically black college and university. He gets wrongfully accused of a crime that he did not commit. Even though he's innocent, even though he graduates and earns his degree, he still experiences different challenges moving forward with his life. On this podcast, we will be discussing the many different topics that can be talked about in the book Deserving Mercy that includes wrongfully accused, being wrongfully convicted, HBCU news, and even how to handle stuff like peer pressure as teens. Again, this is the Deserving Mercy podcast. Sit back, relax, listen, learn, and be inspired. This is the First Lady here with the Cookie Chronicles here on the Awaken Soul Podcast. And this week I had to discuss what me and my friends have been discussing the past few days. So a girlfriend of mine has a guy best friend um, because guys and girls can be best friends and be platonic. <laughs> and he has this new girlfriend and he gets she gets a random call from him um, a few days ago saying that his girlfriend felt very uncomfortable with the relationship that they have and that he couldn't talk to her anymore because she felt uncomfortable with them being friends. So, first of all, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that someone new can come in after you've been friends with someone for so many years and just demand you not be friends with them anymore and then you cut them off. That's crazy in itself. But two... How do you even do that? Like, as a woman, if I came into a situation with my new man, I would want to meet his female friends. I would want to get to know them. I would become friends with them. I mean, even if you don't become friends, be cordial. Like, you guys hang out. You're going to be in the same circle often. I'm sure there are group events. Like, why would you want to disassociate him from his friends? So... She was frustrated. She was upset. She didn't understand why. She wanted to meet the new girlfriend. But um, her guy best friend was saying that, you know, his girlfriend didn't want to meet her, didn't want to talk to her. And I'm like, how do you just let someone come in? I mean, yes, they're doing things for you that your girl, your best friend is not doing for you as far as like sex. But there's so many other females that will give you that and let you have your friends. So I don't understand. So my question to you guys is, have you ever been in a situation where your significant other wanted you to cut off your best friend of the opposite sex? And what were the reasons? Because when she asked what the reasons were, the only thing that he said was that she just feels uncomfortable. So a little more of the backstory is that she found... Um, like Instagram DM messages between them but it wasn't nothing crazy because she showed them to me they were just sending each other random funny shit on Instagram and laughing about it and making commentary about it nothing crazy there was nothing sexual they had never had sex before they don't flirt with each other like they don't send each other news or like scandalous pictures so this girl just legit 
doesn't want him talking to another female. I mean, maybe she's intimidated by the fact that she's a very pretty woman and a very beautiful woman. But again, beautiful women stick together. <laughs> Get to know her. Be cordial with her. Like, become her friend. Hang around. Like, just to come in to a relationship and tell your person that they have to cut off their friends of the opposite sex is insane to me. It screams insecurity. And you need to be checked. So I hope for the people that do that, whether you're male or female, either you have really, really good reason because, like, you think that they're sleeping together or something, or maybe they're lying about something. But if it's not anything serious like that, then you need to let that shit go. Let it go. Maybe maybe she doesn't have male friends of the opposite, and, you know, friends of the opposite sex. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe she's like, well, if I don't have them, you can't have them. But that's still the wrong attitude to have about it. You can't come into someone's life and start demanding that they cut people off. Now, if the people that that you want them to cut off are like not good for their mental and like take, 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 take from them and never replenish them, that's one thing. But to have someone cut off for no good reason, like that's that's crazy. And she sounds crazy. <laughs> and I hope that he sees that this was not the right thing to do. Because a lot of times, your friends are still there past your significant others. Because significant others don't last forever. Especially in this day and age. Boyfriends and girlfriends come and go. Okay, my friend is going to be here forever. I have very close male friends. And I try to be sure that whoever I'm dating is aware of who they are. Um, I always try to have us all meet up because I want y'all to know each other. I want y'all to like each other. I mean, you don't have to, but I'm going to put the effort in. And I'm all I'm never going to give my my person reason to feel like they can't trust the other men, friends of mine that I'm hanging out with. Like everyone has my best interest at heart. And my guy friends are very protective of me. And they want to make sure that you're the right person for me, too. So it's going to go both ways. But it's never going to be a situation where my guy friends are like, no, you can't date him. Or my man is going to tell me, no, you can't be friends with him. I'm not letting that situation happen. And if it does, then the significant other got to go. Because, listen, these guys have had my back for... <laughs> For a long time now. <laughs> like, either y'all gonna learn to live together and be happy and cordial, or this not gonna work for me. It's just not gonna work. But that's just how I feel. Tell me how y'all feel about it. Tell me if you've been in that situation. What would you do, or what have you done? Because I'm curious to know. Now, she feels a way that they're not talking, but, you know, what can she do? So she says that she'll be there for him if he, you know, ever comes back around, if they break up and they, he wants to talk. Of course, she'll be there because, you know, the friendship is not lost. Um, but she feels away. So tell me how you feel. Tell me what you've done. What would you do? Hit me up on Cookie Crime DMV on Instagram and tell me a story. Until next week, y'all. Bye. All right, that was Tia uh, with her Cookie Chronicles segment. And uh, <laughs> uh, when to cut, like, I, and I've said this before, right? And, you know, I'm saying this before we're getting into the main discussion topic is that, and maybe, and people have said that that I'm crazy for this. I've talked about it on Love, Lust, and Badass. So um, no one, I'm, I'm never cutting off anyone just because my significant other or somebody I'm interested in asked me all that shit about, like, you need to block her from I'm not doing none of that shit. None of it. Unless they do something specifically that impacts my life negatively or just, just because you don't like somebody, you have to have more of a reason for that. Um, and I think, too, is like when you have genuine people around you, right? When you have genuine people around you, you want to keep those people. And some, unfortunately, sometimes people will come into your life and they'll be threatened by a relationship that you have. And not even necessarily if it's of the opposite sex. Sometimes they'll be threatened even just by your friendship circles or your coworkers. Sometimes whatever. They'll be threatened by it because they feel like that person has an end with you that maybe they don't, right? Or that they seem like it's too close. And we have to identify people who come into relationships 
thinking that, okay, the best way for them to get close to the person that they're interested in is to really kind of have them sever or affect their ties with the people who are around you before you got with them. That's a huge issue. That should be a huge red sign, not only to the character of the person who's interested in you, but also if they truly have your best interest at heart or if they just want to obtain you to say that they have you and then to kind of make you feel like it's just you and them. Like, don't get me wrong. It's nothing with feeling like it's you and your partner against the world. But at the same time, it takes a village. That's saying I really, truly believe. I've seen how... I was raised. I've seen just the way that the fam family impacts you. And like it is, unfortunately, there are people who come into these relationships thinking that the best way for them to make sure that you guys are going to be close is to, is to affect your relationships with your friends, with your family, with whoever else. And we need to identify that. And that's not necessarily say that that person isn't worth pursuing a relationship with if that person. You can't go through it. But maybe they're they're feeling that way because of something they they went through in their lives as well. There's a lot going on when you run into the situation, a lot of different variables just you'd have to identify depending upon the situation specifically that you're in. But think about that. Think about that when you when you're identifying. And this is the importance of talking and calling shit out and not settling just to say you have someone when you see something, whether it's an action, whether it's, you know, just ways that they go about things. If you see it, call it out talk to the person and then that and then after that conversation you determine how you want to move forward and how you want to go about things but that's just my thought on it um this is one of those topics i lately haven't been really jumping in after the cookie chronicle segment to say my part in it but those one of the ones that it did sit with me and it and i was thinking of it after i listened to it and i'm like i think i'm going to record something after that just to put my my kind of my thoughts on it but that's it. We're going to go ahead. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to get into the main discussion topic this week that's titled The Fall to Grace. I'll see you guys right after this. All right, so we're in this main discussion topic this week. Um, I don't even know how to start this one, right? Like, I'm usually so, especially when I have another guest, or like some of the more high concept things that I have, um, so like prepared and like how I want to intro it, setting the tone, all that. But with this week's topic, the fall to grace, and this one is a personal one, and it's my personal story. I think that I had that episode, I had the series of, um, discovering yourself through divorce i interviewed three people it was uh cliche um it was cole from cole sports shout out to cole and it was hype williams uh from now from the denny on the denny talks uh tv show shout out to denny talks and hype williams over there um and uh, those three people we talked about their divorce how they discovered what they discovered about themselves and their partner through that divorce how it made in some cases it made their relationship with their former uh, spouse better by going through a divorce and, and parenting and all those different aspects of it. But somebody pointed out who just recently listened to that, they were like, well, you didn't talk a lot about yours. You didn't talk a lot about the things you went through. You didn't talk a lot about the stuff that you discovered. And I think ultimately is because with my divorce, it went through, it, it was, it was a fall there. And so when I, when I talk about, and I, phrase or I, I named this segment the fall to grace it's not just about divorce but it's about how my fall happened and how i discovered grace through it and we're going to define grace can be defined a couple of different ways right there's the, the, the divine grace that people talk about and that is the grace of god um we're not really talking about that so much on this one the way that we're the, the, the definition we're using for grace on this topic is the simple elegance or refinement of movement. We'll get into the why we're using that. And I think it'll become evident as we're as we continue talking about it. But I'm just gonna tell the story of my fall, right? And before that, we gotta set the tone of why it was a fall. So I got married at a very young age. I think I was what, 21, 22 when I got married. Um, and so over the course of that, all right, right, getting married was like an ultimate high to me having my children high. Um, and at the time I thought that I was doing, well, no, I thought I was doing everything according to, in my, in my mind and in a lot of people, what the picture perfect idea of family 
and success is. I rose up in my career. I started as a <laughs> my my first salary was seven seven seventy two was what I made an hour. Uh, and then I rose up to become a management assistant manager, general manager, and then I switched careers from that going into from you know uh, I was. In the, I worked at an arena, um, in in the food, over the food and beverage department to moving into, um, the corporate world, working at Edward Jones, um, in the finance in finance. So like I'm looking at everything right, and at that I I, I had the picture perfect, great career, making great money. I think I was a I was a homeowner by the age of 24. Um, and so all of this happened, and you, you I, I was on a high. My kids were doing good. I had I had my four children, my two boys, two girls, everything that I ever said that I wanted, a spouse, everything. I was at what should have been my high, but I was unhappy. And so, and the reason why I say that, right, is because, and again, you you guys have heard, I think I, I did it on one of my lives, or I think I posted it as an In the Mind of Hay segment. You will never hear me say anything bad about my ex. Just won't do it. So if you're expecting that, you won't do it. We both made mistakes, whatever. That's my nigga. But um, so you won't ever hear me say this. So that's not what this is going to be. But I ascended in every avenue that would typically make people happy. But when I look back at it, that was something that I put together rather than what God put together. And again, again, this isn't going into religion. The grace that we're talking about is not God's grace, but God is a very important, big part of my life. So I'm going to mention it. So I have this career. I have my family have my spouse, but I, there's something was still missing, right? Something even in that felt, I guess a way to use it is artificial. And so I, and oh, I was also a deacon at the church, right? So, um, everything like picture, if you just took a snapshot of my life from the outside, looking in everything would have seemed perfect, but it was artificial. I put it together, right? I, I, I forced that to happen in a sense by, I forced it by ignoring a lot of the things that made me happy. I forced it by for so long. Like I said, I, I ascended to a career in food and beverage uh, up into a general manager, but I wasn't I was never truly happy and fulfilled by that job. I was great at it. And so I felt that I should stay in it. Right. But I kept being called to do something else. And I was ignoring that. Call. Like, and we'll talk about it. Right. We'll talk about it. Um so there was a period of my of my life where, like I said, I had everything set up the way that that Amer the American dream would basically tell you that you should have it set up. Um, But then the fall started and that is things started being taken away. And it started with my mental health. It started with me just hating going to work at a certain point in time. Um, I had a great staff, most of which I hired uh, amazing people. Um, some of them I'm still friends with, and this is going on fuck almost 20 years, damn near uh, well, like 15. Um, But we started like, so the first thing I remember the fall, like, we're, so right, I'm trying to stay on this concept of the fall. Uh, the first thing that happened in that job in food and beverage, again, general manager, a different food and beverage uh, uh, outside. We were internal. We get, we were one of the only major uh, stadiums in the country that did their own internal food and beverage. A lot of, they, they have Levy restaurants, sports service that usually come in and take over the food and beverage operation for most of these arenas. Well, we weren't that. Well, once summer, I guess they decided that they wanted to take that out. The stadium wanted to take that off their books and do, and did let, and do let another company come in. So Levy restaurants came in, another food and beverage company and took over that operation. They did rehire all the food and beverage staff. Um, so it's not like I lost my job, but I remember I uh, because they wanted most of their own people to come in. And, you know, there's other companies coming in. They're based in Chicago, which is not that far from St. Louis. So they started having some of their own managers come in. Right. Uh, they started coming in, uh, changing things, which change isn't always bad. But I remember my boss at the time said, look, you're so much better than this. Like, don't get me wrong. I want you to stay working for me as long as you work. You want to work for me. I love you working here. But I really want you to take this time out while this other company is coming in to really think about what you wanted to do. So I'm sitting there thinking, I made the decision. Now I'm going to stay. I'm loyal. I'm not going anywhere. What not? Not even six months after that. Um, and they had and the writing was on the wall, right? The writing was on the wall as soon as they came in that they were looking for a lot of reasons to remove some of the staff. Well, I remember the food and beverage um, operation overall, not just my department, I was specifically over liquor, but overall from the restaurant that we had in, in, in house to everything, just, it didn't hit quote unquote, the numbers that they wanted it to hit, even though the numbers I believe were even higher than they were the year before. So they used that as an excuse to get rid of a lot of the staff, a lot of the management staff at that, because we weren't union. Um, And so while 
I had been called to do something else. Like I remember I got a call for a casino uh, after all this happened. And they were like, hey, we heard that you may be on the market, um, you know, whatever. And I was like, no, I'm staying. I'm, I'm going to ride out, stay at the stadium. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for Levy restaurants. So I turned down the job, right? Paid more. I turned down a job that paid more out of loyalty and love for for the company and the staff that I built. I felt a loyal, uh, I felt loyal or duty to them. Again, stuff that I put together, right? Because you know that that's how hubris works, and that's how you know our own ego and stuff get in our way. So I'm sitting here, and and so that happens. The job goes away, uh, and I remember I'm sitting there, and I'm like, damn, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And I I just happened, never worked in finance before, put in a job for for Edward Jones, um, and I end up getting it. But okay, we're we're still talking about the fall. That's the that's the ascent, right? So um, so it started with that. I'm unhappy. I'm going to a job every day that I don't care about. That started filtering in to my children. Uh, just me being short, uh, me being tired as hell because I was putting in a lot of hours. I used to work like 13, 14 hours sometimes on game days at the stadium. And then my marriage, that affected me mentally more than anything because I wasn't happy in that marriage. But I was trying, we both, I mean, not just say me, like I was the only one doing, we both were trying to hold it together for our children more than anything. We're both Two people that had our parents growing up from, you know, my parents got divorced when I was 16, 17. But for the majority of my life, I had both my parents. She had both her parents. And we just, out of duty to them, we really tried to hold on to that. And then that started breaking down. Like, just not wanting to come home, right? Not, not that, that long drive was like, damn, now I got to look at this motherfucker for the next however many hours until I go to sleep. Um, and so my marriage started falling apart. Um, and again, we're trying to hold on to the pieces God's pulling away pieces. We're trying to hold on to those pieces with dear, with dear life or whatever. And so in the midst of all of that, then I lose my, my brother slash my cousin. He's more like my brother. Shout out to Terrence, um, which I've talked about here heavily. I'm not going to get into that because that is one of the things that do that does get me super emotional. Then I lost Terrence. And that, I think, was finally the breaking point in my mental to where full on depression, full on everything down. Like I did not want to get out of bed most times. And so again, I'm going through that fall. That then also impacts my relationship with my kids. Every, one of the things that even my biggest critics praise me for is my relationship, how great of a father I am, how much I'm involved in my kids' life. Like it got to the point where I was so down um, about everything about life, like where I was, everything I have now. I'm still in this marriage that I'm not happy in. I'm I'm in a career that I'm okay in. Like I don't get me wrong, I'm okay in, but it did, still didn't it didn't leave me super fulfilled. Um my brother got taken away from me. Uh my sisters had moved to California. Uh, I I moved to Ohio. They moved to California to finish college. My first time being away uh from them and my mom uh because of the way that we bonded together after the divorce it was just us four and we really formed a close knit within a close knit family. Um and so things just started getting taken away. And I started going through that descent, that black hole. I started becoming somebody that, you know, for people who met me during that time, I probably was toxic as shit to them, right? There was a time where I didn't give a damn about who you were, what you had to do, what your intent. I was treating you like shit. I was treating you like treating people like whatever, uh, because I didn't give a damn, right? I was so unhappy that now that unhappiness was filtering in through, well, not filtering in, it was, it was being given or pushed back out to people who didn't deserve it. I'm sitting here going through my darkest place mentally, going through that depression, true depression, not the depression that some people feel, true, true depression, where I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that I was suicidal. So I was never, I never contemplated taking my own life. But it did feel like I didn't want to be here. You feel me? I didn't want to be on this. I just I was over it. Keep in mind, I live for my children. So the fact that I was like, I did not want to be here. If God would have came and taken me away right then, I would have went. No questions asked because I did not want to be here. This is where we're going through the fall. So then the divorce actually happens. Right. And the funny thing is, is that I felt like I was at the I, I, absolute low. I've still I've held my for a while. My kids live solely with me. And then we started sharing custody. They were gone for a while, too. And then they came back. Alan came first. Alana came back. You, you guys know the story. I've talked about it. Um. So while I'm sitting here and I, this this went on for years. Right. Even though I think it, it at one point it was as darkest towards the end of it. It wasn't as dark, but it was still happening. I treated people like they were temporary. Everyone. There were people to this day, and I have not apologized to, uh, I haven't reached back out because I don't really know where they are in their life right now, but there were people who loved the hell out of me, who came into my life probably with the best intentions, and that I treated like absolute shit, because in my mind, 
everything at that point was nothing but negativity. I was nothing but negativity. I didn't want those people around me. If you came around me with positivity, I needed you to go away. I was, you know, they say, uh, uh, what's, what's the phrase? Uh, bad effect. No, uh, I don't even, I'm at a loss for words right now, but, um, so I'm, I'm in this place mentally and I'm sitting here and I'm in such a terrible mood day to day. There, like I said, there are people, and I won't name names. There are people who came into my life that probably have this terrible opinion of me because they came in, in a place where I didn't give a fuck. You feel me? I I need you were around for what you were around for. And other than that, you could you could have left tomorrow and I I'll chunk the deuce at you. And I'm still like that to a degree, but not as toxic. If you gotta go, you gotta go. Uh, I believe everybody has their periods and times and seasons in your life. But it wasn't even that. It was just the fact that there were people who came around me because they cared, family, because they genuinely cared and they were worried about me, that then I treated terribly because I was going through that fall. Also going through the fall lost my dog shout out to uh to cody um who's my heart like that that was like my my third son i lost him um and then i started losing and not well not just losing right i started giving away possessions i used to have a huge watch collection i was handing it giving it away and it's funny now because like after going through therapy and stuff like uh i think i was i was preparing for me to die like in my mind i was preparing for me to die and i was giving things away to people that I wanted to have certain pieces of me because I think in my mind, I was truly ready to go and hoping that I would go. So I'm sitting here, I'm using all of this. At the time, I was still doing the wrestling podcast. My brothers, this may be their first time hearing this, that they never knew some of the dark shit that I was going through because I covered it up. Oh, let's not even talk about the cancer, right? The tumor I had removed from the back of my neck. So all of this is happening within a condensed period of time at a time where I... Just prior to this, I was at the theoretical high of everything going perfectly fine in my life, everything being picture perfect to a degree. So because because of that, I feel like God was taking was preparing me, uh, was saying, OK, you didn't appreciate what you had. You felt like you got you got to where you got out of your own will. You put that together. You made those things happen. You feel like you made those things happen. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you why you should re- why you should rely on me and why you should kind of humble yourself. Took all those things away from me, right? And then I remember. And I'm, I'm, again, I, keep in mind everything that's led up to this point through, through my podcast. And go back to get the fluff out. Go back to shake shit up. Go back to all of those pieces of me, all those episodes. This is kind of the culmination of all of that. So while all this is happening and I'm in my mind preparing, knowing that I'm sitting here having fun with JB when we're recording the wrestling podcast, having fun with Fame Black, whatever, uh, Andrew Bello, having fun recording those those podcast episodes. And they were truly fun. But in the back of my mind, I didn't even fucking want to be here. You feel me? I did not want to be here. The fall, like the, the people would have seen me and looked at my life from the outside looking in thinking I was at like, what did this man have to have to complain about? So all as all those things start getting taken away, right? Taken away, pieces taken away, whatever. My, my mental health going away. I then sit back and I record The Awakened Soul, right? And it's just funny because The Awakened Soul, I always say what the title means. It means to, to enlighten and connect. And I'm sitting there doing that at a time where I didn't even fucking really want to be here, right? But I was called to do The Awakened Soul. So I took the skill that I had and I'm, I'm working on The Awakened Soul and through doing this and talking about different things that are going on in my mind, I'm building myself back up, right? I'm, 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 I'm getting myself back to the happy medium, the people that have come to my life, the things that I've been able to do with The Awakened Soul, the talents of myself that I'm able to do. And I'm just looking back and again, like the reason why all this started, right, is because for anyone who doesn't know, and I know I'm kind of going all over the place, but follow me. Kind of the reason why this is on my heart and my mind is because I always say haze is always best in the fall. The fall is my time of year. I'm at my best. I, if you look at some of my best episodes ever, they've happened in the fall. If you look at some of the best times of my life, they happened in the fall. Um, so I'm sitting here thinking about the fall. I'm thinking about how happy I am. The fall is coming and everything else. And I'm just a reflect, you know, you guys know I get in my reflective space. So I'm sitting here doing all this and going through it. And I'm just thinking about how I got to the point that I am now where I'm truly the happiest I've ever been in my life. And not saying it started or it was because of the awakening. So, but it, it was because I started getting it out. I started really doing the things that were for me for so long in my life. I did everything through the ideas of being a husband and a father and what I was supposed to be doing. Again, 
I put it together. I, I'm I'm thinking I'm putting shit together, right? And so because I got so caught up in my own hubris, I guess God is like, ah, I'm gonna show you real quick. I'm I got something to show you. You're talented. You're good, but you're not using your your talents for what I need you to use them for. So I'm sitting here, I'm doing this, right? And I remember as I'm doing the awakened soul, I'm coming out of my depression. Then I find I get a camera. I get a camera. I'm like, I want to start recording my episodes or recording promos for my episodes on video, which then led me to find photography, which then turned into a little side hustle for me and a passion. Like I love just grabbing my camera, going out and shooting, uh, whatever that went into video naturally learn videography, learn directing. And, you know, at the top of the show, I already mentioned uh, I have this monthly gig now. So I'm working my way through all of this. And when I say the fall to grace, right, to grace, we define grace as simple elegance or refinement of movement. And through the fall that I went through, through those things being taken away, through the depression, through going down into that depth of darkness where I didn't want to be alive on this earth, it refined the way that I moved throughout my life. I cherish relationships. Now, you hear me mention AJ and Dan on drugs so much here because as much as and this this you know shout out, I know Dan well I hope Dan is going to be listening. Let me not be cocky and just assume he's going to listen to every episode that I do. But I think Dan doesn't know, and I've said this before. Dan doesn't understand sometimes how what he does and talking through his struggles help people, and I am a testament of that. It's part of the reason why I am so grateful for Dan as a person is because seeing Dan talk about the things that I was afraid to talk to myself about opened the doors for me to just blow that shit out out the water. I remember when. Dan did his first that that turned into um a few screws loose like it was an episode of of a black law and legal lies and I can't remember the title was it I am depression I can't remember uh the title um but it was like damn to hear a black man talking about that and I'm sitting here struggling with it and then going through therapy and didn't want to even admit that I was going through therapy at the time was like ah okay and this is what I'm, this is the impact of, of things that we do that we may not may not necessarily see. So and I wouldn't have discovered Dan's podcast if I didn't get into podcasting. So the way that I started moving was different. Right. I started moving with purpose. We talk about elegance and refinement of movement. I've always known that I'm good at this audio editing thing and I'm getting really, really good at video, too. But now the way that I maneuver, the things that I that I do, everything has a plan. And now it's because I'm moving with purpose. I'm no longer just doing what I what I think I should do, right? I'm no longer trying to uphold the ideals or visions or or whatever that typical society would have you think is success. I'm still successful as fuck in my career. And I earn that. I work hard for that. Don't get me wrong. That you can never take that away from me. But through refining how I move and refining the things the energy that I want to that I run around me now I know true love you feel me now I know what that actually is not like a love through being fond of someone and having kids together but through a love of actually loving people um and and don't get me wrong there's still my mind is still a dark I say it every week a dark and twisted place there's times where I see people like and uh, you know a lot of people have I've helped in this game grow and, and helped them with their shit but there's a time where there's times where I just think like this shit is terrible like this I ain't got time for this nigga like shit like that but luckily the way that I move and refining the way that I move it allows me to give the person time and to actually want to help and to to like helping, but I would be lying if I didn't still say that I didn't have those thoughts. Like, is this really worth my time? Or I'm 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 far from a perfect person. Like the things that go on in my head are still dark now, but now because I'm I have true joy in the way that I move, since I have true joy in the way and the things that I touch with my hands, that it allows me to I don't want to say I give grace because I'm not I'm not at a position that I can give grace to any motherfucking body. But I think the grace that has been bestowed upon me, I'm now able to to let that go through me and to be a vessel for that, right? To help other people, to genuinely love talking and interacting with people. Like I, I've never in my life been someone who does wellness checks, and I do this shit now to the people who I met through podcasting. Like that, it's some I do to people who I've known for years too. But like people that I've just known through podcasts, and I send out wellness checks to. Like, hey, I just want to, bro, you good? Like that was something that a few years ago was not in me at all because I didn't give a fuck if I was good. So when I say that, and I titled this the fall to grace, it's the fall to getting to a place where my, the way that I move is different now because I'm truly happy. And I got to that happiness by everything being taken away. And so it's funny, but like, because fall, I, I said it, fall is when I'm at my best. Fall is my favorite time of year. There's an energy that I feel when fall comes and by the time you listen to this, we're officially only a couple of days from fall, but there's such a, 
a joyous time for me in fall that it carries me through winter when a lot of people are depressed i'm like golden because fall is such a great time for me in so many different areas and it's funny that you say that and well that that happens because I got married in fall and I got divorced in the fall and the awakened soul started right before fall. By the time it had really got to a place of going, um, it was in the fall. So like there are so many things in my life that have pointed to and I'm not one of those uh, people who follow astrology. I don't know when fucking shit is in retrograde. I still don't all the way comprehend what the fuck that means. But it really like it's just funny um and it and even me wanting to talk about it here now like when i say that i was such a negative person to be around at a time that all these people who like love haze pastor haze whatever you want to say that like like if they would have known me then i really want to know how they would feel like i said i know i've i've lost some relationships that i will never get back i don't want back necessarily either but that I would never get back because I was going through my fall and I was at the darkest that I ever been in my life. But now there are relationships that I've had and that I've built on my rise back up that it it it's it, I find those invaluable, right? They I I I value those so much that the that the value that I hold to them, the place that they hold could never be fucking measured. And you know, I'm some somebody who's sitting there saying that Dan, who I've never met face to face in a way, not only saved my life, but made me reflect back onto something well, made me reflect on something that I didn't want to face at the time. You feel me? I did not want to face it. I did not want to face my shadow head on. And this is why we're preparing for an episode of shadow work. But I did not want to face that. I was running from it like so bad. Um, but yeah, and when you say like the reason why I'm such at a place now where if you hear me talking the awakened soul, if you hear me talking love, lust, and badass soul, where I'm, it's so easy. I always say it's so easy for me to cut out toxicity because at one point in time I had to cut myself out in a degree. And if you once you can do that, all that other shit doesn't matter. Like there's there are certain people who I don't ever want back in my life. But I know that I impacted them negatively. And so it's helped me refine the way that I move. Like, even if you know, like, I know I just had the back and forth on social media, but even that was targeted. Even that I knew what I was doing and I knew the way that that would go, that that could go before I sent out that tweet. And I just didn't give a fuck because at some time somebody needed to call shit out. And that is the the part of refining movement are you basically are you ready for the smoke that comes with how you handle shit are you ready to move maneuver and move in a way that whatever smoke comes from what you do that you're able to help handle it but you help handle it with elegance can you do that anyone can to slang can slang mud that's the easy part that's why we say being messy and the people who have content about being messy that's the easy shit. There's a place for it though. But that, that but that's the easy shit. But the, the harder shit is is that the way that you handle that is a reflective over the grace that sometimes has been in you, but is a reflective overall in how you want to move and be viewed as a person. I can say that I'm fine with that now. I can say that I'm finally at a place now where any and all smoke that comes my way, not only am I ready to handle it, but the way that I ha- handle it will 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 shock motherfuckers and make it make it be like, damn, everything is a drawback into it and this is why sometimes when you're called not sometimes when you're called to do something do that shit i say it all the time like we fight the call the calling that we're feeling whether you think it's from god where you think it's from a divine spirit where you think it's just your own will if you're called to do something do it and embrace it fully because that darkness that we all go through whether we want to admit it or not is the fall but you can find grace on the other side of that fall that's my time on this week's episode of the awakened soul um yeah i appreciate y'all sitting back uh with me through this uh it's talking about topics like this is it's not necessarily hard for me right but it's how much people do, how many people do really want to hear about my life like i just I, this shit's still weird to me that people actually like hearing about shit that my crazy ass goes through which doesn't make any sense because i'm really not that interesting but um yeah, I think I think also before we go, we need to give the other definition of grace, right? I said that the main definition of grace that I was using was the simple elegance or refinement of movement. But let's also use it as that's the noun. Let's use it as a verb. Do honor or credit to someone or something by one's presence. So just think about that. Do honor or credit to someone or something by one's presence. And, you know, I know I played a voicemail a couple of days ago um, and I get a lot of, you know, shout out to the 
to Chris Cozy, um, who's my dude. Shout out to like Steph um, from the Great Pill Podcast. Shout out to my brother JB. These are all people who have somehow said that, you know, me either saying something to them, doing something on this podcast has helped them make decisions on how they want to move forward. And that's not me. I can never take credit for, for that. But the same way that Dan helped me embrace therapy and helped me embrace the fact that I just was not good mentally. I'm glad that my content and stuff that I create has helped other creatives with humps tia t is another one you know she was out of podcasting trying to figure out how to get back in um and i can't i don't i like i i appreciate when they speak about me the way that they do um i appreciate the tweets uh never stop i'm not saying stop it i appreciate all that but i think more so than focusing on whatever my words were at the time that made you think something or change something i'm just glad of the relationships right i'm thankful that you guys hold me in enough regard that whatever I said that you took seriously enough that it helped you, right? Because that in of itself is just grace right there. Not from me, but grace from them that they trust me that much, right? Because you can hear somebody say some good shit and still be like, ah, I mean, yeah, that was cool. That was good words and not really stick with you. Um, And I would like to think, like I always say that the awakened soul is going to be my legacy. Um, Well, part of my legacy my kids are my ultimate legacy and the things that i leave behind in their teachings but you know it it's it's crazy it's crazy this is the first time that i ever i think verbalized the fact that at a point in my life i did not want to be i didn't but through that i found my biggest and greatest purpose in my life and people may hear that that say that's crazy like the, the videography photography thing brings me so much joy um and what I know I'm going to do with it here in the future uh, as we as we keep building. Um, but yeah, yeah, man, it's, it's the fall. That's all I can lay it at the, the feet of. I'm best. I'm at my best when it's fall. Um, the episodes that we got coming down the pipeline are going to be some of the best that I do this year. I can guarantee it um, just because of the work and everything that's going into it. But hey, what's your favorite season? Let's leave it on that. What season have you found is the best for your life and that impacts you positivity? I know for a lot of people, it's probably going to be summer or spring. You know, those are good ones. But I, I I would love to hear from somebody who actually says no, like I'm I'm actually at my best in the fall. Let me know. Um, but that's it. That's my time this week. I know I said that already and I started going down a different path. But that's it. That's my time this week. Um, let me know. Uh, like I said, those things. You can follow me at CEO Hayes. You can follow the podcast at Awaken Soul Pod or The Awaken Soul Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. TheAwakenSoulPod at gmail.com. And lastly, if you want to leave voicemails for your best time or things that you've noticed you're you finding grace through your fall or identifying your fall, you can leave a voicemail for that at 614-547-2039. We're the number one podcast around. And this week, this is Hayes signing off. I love each and every one of you guys. Peace. Patience. New beginners coming. Niggas been had drive, had to get the engine running. You either die chasing dreams or you gon' live for nothing. Shit, nigga, I get murdered for I not make it. Niggas told me spots taken. Nigga, it's reason word to Liam Neeson. If it's taken once, it could get taken twice. Don't ever think they love you, that's some great advice. So if you ain't used to pay attention, gotta pay the price. Shit, just a year ago, nigga, I was hating life. Eight to five working for mass, I slaved through it. Nights crying to pee like I hate music. Now my show still out like Ray Lewis, who was reason, nigga? Nigga, I'm the thin line, humble nigga that think he big time. A walking contradiction, but admit mine. Outspoken but hard, but my feelings inside. To the beat playing, all the pain come out. Let's speak about what this game about. I gave it all to make it, I'm not leaving. Do it for the streets, my nigga, the block bleeding. Better off swallowing knives than to try to stop reason. Ain't a killer, but don't push me. I'm mellow with the hoodie, Mike Jackson with the boogie. Kobe Bryant as a rookie, but I kind of like the shit. So if a protest me, I'ma strike your shit. Delamo's very own. Jordan's in the closet, shit, that's where we bury bones. Soul ain't needed help for years, carry on his own and still costing in the house put on for my city ain't no competition we just got strong in the city ride for my city a couple homies died and i cried for my city wishing they was here to see it never asked soul for help because i didn't need it want them to be proud and still respect them as the leader so i paid my own way made my own decisions keen asked if i was signed with top and i felt indifferent not that i'm not grateful just got my apprehension shift Nigga, what apprehensions you got came from the bottom. So of course I'm apprehensive of top. Grew up with Crips. Of course I'm apprehensive of rock. Feel I'm the greatest. Of course I'm apprehensive.